0: underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer budget-friendly flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment the plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals so for whatever tomorrow brings united healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you learn more at uh1.com gary gets here walks across the dead ball line now sprints back for manly up he goes, changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans and still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look, who's there? Tom Troy Evans! Good My goodness! Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We are back for the first pre-season edition of the podcast for the 2022 NRL season. A little delayed, somewhat say, but we made it here. We've got the content firing on all cylinders. Uh, back to chat, Supercoach, for the new season. We have a bloke who uh, somewhat got a bit of a monkey off his back last season, I reckon. Uh, he's a fellow who was a perennial top sort of 4-500 finisher. Last year was his year, to say the least. He topped the SC Playbook League. Uh, mate, it's the SC Spy, Spy 91st overall, mate, you're coming in the season hot. Yeah, well,
1: that's that's as long as it continues. It was, what, four or five months ago, but uh, roll on. Lessons learned last year, we'll, we'll go with those. Keep backing myself, uh, listen to the great man who's about to speak next uh, and, and go from there and see if we can do it again, uh, if not go a few better, and maybe go top 10 or how about top one, boys?
0: Hey, good attitude, mate. And also, Spy, we're actually getting into it a little bit later. We're actually throwing a little bit of video content out this year, getting a little bit leery, a little bit out there. Uh, when we eventually do that, if I can work out how to work these visuals, which I probably won't be able to, Spy, it's going to be a head reveal for you.
1: Mate, face reveal, get the mug out, uh, <laughs> To the people and uh, we'll see who's underwhelmed and see if anyone's happy about it
0: apologies in <laughs> advance because I've got a head like a half-eaten Malteser but the next bloke coming up he's got a good-looking <laughs> head on him uh it's one of the smartest minds in rugby league and that's saying a bit that I that I've met personally because I've actually been lucky enough to meet both Joey Leilua and Blake Ferguson so definitely saying something. <laughs> it's Walson Carlos <laughs> the 2019 Supercoach NRL runner-up
2: Walson how are you mate? Yeah, I'm good, boys. She's in illustrious company there. <laughs> uh, what about that story about Joey? Didn't even know he was signing for a uh, second division Super League side. So, uh, so, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm so excited about the uh, upcoming Super Coach year, boys. I was sort of uh, went missing a little bit last year, but I'm, I'm a few personal things have come together, and I'll probably have a bit more time to. Um, spent on the podcast and put out some articles. So I'm looking forward to it, Timmy. The fans
0: have rejoiced, Walsh. We're lucky to have you back on and a bit more of a permanent gig this season. That Joey Leilua story, could not there could not have been a more Joey Leilua thing to have occurred. But when you sort of sit back and go, oh, we might have lost Joey Leilua to the NRL forever and all his uh, his quirky antics, and then that story came out it was like, this is one of the best things I had ever heard. Uh, on today's show, the first of the pre-season, we'll talk a little bit about what's in store with SC Playbook in 2022, a few very exciting things coming up in the next few weeks and this season, a few little changes in store. Uh, we're going to kick things off. We're not going to get too uh, too creative with it. We're going to do the Turbo and, and Cleary debate. Are they in your teams to start the year? Because... Basically, what the preseason and what your round one teams boil down to is these two players because they're worth such an absurd amount of money uh, that whether you start with them or not, it just changes your entire squad. So, we'll have a good chat about that. We'll be doing a club analysis analysis each week uh, of the preseason this week, covering the Storm, the Knights, the Cowboys. Uh, the Spy's going to go through his fixture analysis, which he spo- uh, wrote about in an article this week, got that sorted out. Uh, our regular pod, anti pod plays, and a few other things. Touching on a couple of little things for the SC Playbook 2022 season. Guys, jump in our unlimited group. The code there is 511034. We'll announce our subscriber and non-subscriber prizes for that coming up pretty shortly. Don't get it confused for the league code. It's a group code. So put it in the group chat and take on the contributors in that one. Uh, We've also branched out into AFL Supercoach this year. Stack of contributors on board, just as we have with the NRL. Um, Same sort of approach, similar sort of content, new sport, Jump on and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, there at SC Playbook AFL if you're into AFL Supercoach. Uh, just a quick little uh, housekeeping, I suppose, is when you're navigating the SC Playbook website, because we've got AFL on there now on the homepage with NRL, uh, there is an NRL home and an AFL home. So jump onto the NRL home if you don't want that AFL content, which I know a lot of NRL people will not on their homepage. Uh, As I touched on, a bit of video this year. We'll be doing a few snippets from the podcast to hopefully get our mugs out there. And also, as opposed to the subscriber special podcast this year, we're going to be doing, I reckon, Thursday sort of lunchtime live Q&As on Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing. Jump on there, uh, do some video content, answer your questions. It'll be terrific. Uh, and to fill in for that subscriber special podcast, guys, we're going to put together a WhatsApp group with all the contributors, just a bit more accessible this year to actually chat with the contributors, uh, talk Supercoach, late changes. You might have questions mid-round uh, and as supposed to jump in on the forum on site, which is still out there and a great spot to chat. Uh, to be a little bit easier on the phone. Draft content coming at you as well. We'll be doing a special draft podcast this season. Uh, excited to announce Clementine Cassidy, the Kiwi, Six overall last season in Supergate In her second season, he's on board as the newest contributor over the website. Uh, she did an article this week, and it was an absolute belter. She's a cracker and very lucky to have her on board. A uh, few other big announcements to come shortly. All right, enough gibberish from me. Let's get into the main stuff, and that is topic one, and it is Turbo and Cleary. I touched on the importance before. Boys, Tommy Turbo, only 9.8% ownership, which surprised me a lot uh, on what he did last year. Obviously, people looking at that 1.26, I think, it million-dollar price tag and scared off, understandably. Nathan Cleary at 24.5% ownership. Again, probably a little bit less than I thought. He's just under a mil to start the season. Uh, Spy, I'll start with you, mate. Are these blokes that you've got in your round one team?
1: Okay, so I have one and I don't have the other. Uh, I'm going to start at this stage with N. Cleary. N. Um, Cleary. Just that half-pack position, I think if you can lock him in for the year, as long as he's healthy, I'm a big fan of doing it. Um, My logic around that is I'm not sure I can have both. I don't know if anyone can have both unless there's a million chiefies that come up. And the other thing around turbo is... A, can he replicate his season from last year to that extent? I've no doubt he'll be unbelievable again, but to average that amount is a lot. And I was talking to Wilson before we kicked off today. Even the rule interpretations, the rules are somewhat essentially the same as last year, but refs might be a little bit more similar to how they were at the end of last year when They sort of put the whistle away a little bit, or the hand away, should I say, with less six agains, and maybe points come back a little bit as a result of that. I did have a quick look. If Turbo even was to average like a hundred over the opening five or six weeks, he might drop three, four hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. On the flip side, if he comes out and does Turbo things and averages one hundred and fifty, and you own him, then how good he be? how good are you going to be going? And you'll have him as skipper as well. So I can see the argument, but I think it's hard to get both in your side and I wouldn't want to start with neither of them either uh, because then you're trying to chase two big money targets. Could be tricky. Love your thoughts, boys.
0: Well, so Supercoach is all about, Supercoach round one teams are basically about Finding players that are under and overvalued and working around that to start the season, you know that better than anyone. The way I see it, Tommy Turbo, he's got to be priced at his absolute peak, doesn't he? These new rules that were introduced into the NRL last season, uh, they just opened the game up so much for for certain teams and certain players. Uh, The strong got stronger, the weak got weaker, and Tommy Turbo just had a field day. The way I see it, he's priced at his maximum um, and aside from maybe the argument of you can use him as your captain every week, he can't average more, can he, and, and thus there's money to be lost. How do you see it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to see him averaging more than, what do you average, 143.3 two coach points a game? Like, you know, the, the, the thing is that the next closest to him was Cleary at 108.3. So that gap is the thing that makes you consider actually parting with that that sort of money. Um, you know, and then, and then third behind him was another gap. It was, it was uh, Tedesco on 86.7. So, like, you're talking about significant gaps in an average. And what I'd like to get the statistic on, because I've had a look at, a bit of a look at the statistics, is it'd be interesting to see how many times out of the 15 games he played he was the highest point-scoring player for Supercoach for that round. Mm-hmm you know like the highest possible best captain option because that's what's really most relevant like how to super coaches is what value is a captain you know like is he is he worth paying that much more because you're going to basically have that surety that you can lock him in every week and he's you know he's almost going to be the guaranteed top point scorer for that week or for 75% of the of, of the games you know so i think that's the real a with turbo, but obviously his price puts you put you off because it's going to um you know monopolize your team, you know, it's gonna it's gonna take up all your money. So but I, I don't think it's out of the question. Like I haven't ruled out um, putting Turbo in my team. Cleary for me is a close watch because of the injury. Um it's a long season, so like why would the Panthers risk risk him so early? Like I expect that they'll play the long game. Um then the flip side of that argument which is, I think is really important, is Cleary was out and I think Luai might have been out for a little bit and they had that backup of Burton and they don't have that this year. Like, their backup is basically Sean O'Sullivan. Now, you know, Matt Burton, Sean O'Sullivan, there's a big difference. Like I respect right, mate, that Sean O'Sullivan is a journeyman player. Yeah. You know, so what, what do you think about that, boys? I think that's got to be taken into consideration because, you know... Um, Burton is not going to cost the Panthers games. He didn't cost them games. He still won them games. But if O'Sullivan is is there and it costs them some games, then maybe that comes into calculation, Spot.
1: Yeah, I'll jump in ahead of Tim quickly. I'll just jump back to Turbo. And one of the main reasons I'm not looking to start with him, A, your base... That thoughts on captaincy there is he, he plays Penrith in round one. Mm. Penrith are just coming off the best defensive final series in nearly the history of rugby league, at least relative to other scores. So he could come out and very easily score a 50 in round one, even if he plays well. Can you even imagine what his break-even's gonna be at 1.3 million if he scores a 50 or 60? Then he plays the Roosters in round two. They've got everyone back. They got the cavity on deck. They'll be ready for a big season. And then his draw opens up. But I mean, if if he opened up with the Cowboys and Brisbane or something like that, I'd probably own him. Mm-hmm. But I think with Penrith and the Roosters, gee, it's risky. It really, really is. And and maybe you can you can do other things in the early rounds, on Cleary. I just think it comes down to how good his his shoulder is. If he's healthy, he plays. I think it's as simple as that. They're not going to worry about resting him. But if he's a little bit off the pace, then, as you said, they need to play the long game. They're not going to be worrying too much about the opening two weeks or three weeks. Um, but if he's healthy, he'll be there. Uh, interesting Tim thoughts.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I can't go near Tommy Turbo for a few reasons. You know, you throw in his injury history there as well, which has to be concerned. That draw that you've just spoken about, Spy. Uh, you take into to a few. The fact that there's depth in the position. You've got Pappenhausen, who's underpriced. You've got Tedesco, who's an absolute star and getting his full squadron of players back around him this season. There are very, very good uh, viable alternatives to him. The I'm not going to do it. I mean, a lot can change in the next month's time before the season kicks off, but Tommy Turbo, 10% ownership. That's almost super pod category. To have, imagine having him in the early stage of the year, being able to captain him, um, knowing 90% of super coaches don't own him. It's so enticing, but I can't do it.
2: Wells. Yeah, well that's Oz's bit. Just about to cut in and say that, Timmy, is like he's actually a pod at the moment, which is insane. You know, like you look at the player that's just absolutely wrecked the game. He's like a, a – it's a video game, where, which he's wrecked. You know, like he's he just dominated. And he's, he's on 143, and the next closest to him is 35 points down. That's on average. I mean – I take Spire's point because if you look back on the 15 games he played last year, four games he scored under 100. One was against Melbourne. Um, I think the one against Penrith, he scored 68. So it's it's a fair point. Like, you know, it is draw dependent. but And obviously you've got to take the rules into place. But I'll be looking very closely at the trials when it comes down to the rules.
1: The other one, Wilson Timo, is... Do you think outside the box again and and get him for round three against the Bulldogs at Brookie? I think they're on a Sunday night round three. He's likely to have a massive break even, but do you bring him in and captain him? If he scores 180, 190, even if he's got a 300 break even, that's going to be mass points.
0: Yeah, Uh, mate, it's very interesting. And that's it. It's so awkward. They then play the Raiders in Mudgee in round four, which... Again, Raiders traditionally in the last few years, at least, very uh, resolute in defence. But we never really know what the Raiders are going to throw up to start the year. Um, big decisions to be made. Anyway, boys, <clears throat> we'll move on because we could be here all day. But uh, Turbo and Cleary, they're going to come up in every podcast for the entire preseason. So let's not get too bogged down in it now. Just interested to get your thoughts early on to help people shape their squads. <clears throat> for me, uh, just touch on Cleary quickly. I do think I do have Cleary in at the moment. Uh, For a similar reason to you, Spy, and that is that I don't think there's a lot of depth at halfback again, although I did see DCE at 3% ownership uh, for about 300 k cheaper. However, that manly draw is enough to deter me from that, but worth having a look at anyway. (coughs) Guys, uh, where are we up to here? Subscription, $40 for the NRL, AFL, and Big Bash package for the 12 months, $30 for the NRL package uh, for the entire NRL season, a couple of little things from last season. The top three overall ranked super coaches were all subscribers to SC Playbook, which was exciting. Uh, good to know we we're doing something right. Our in-house contributors league uh, finished first out of over 17,000 leagues, so a nice little, nice little one for the mantelpiece there, which was exciting. Uh, what it does get you access to our subscriber package, hundreds of extra articles throughout the season, eligibility to claim our major subscriber prize. As I said, uh, access to our WhatsApp group, Uh, we're looking to build the community there alongside our subscribers, make it a way better place to chat, as mentioned before. Uh, I'll throw out a little feeler on uh, once I set that up in coming days to people, and then you can let me know your number and we'll throw you into that. Um, Anyway, we'll touch on that one later. Boys, let's get stuck into the club analysis, and one of the big talking points of the preseason is the Melbourne Storm. Cam Munster, Brandon Smith, Harry Grant all missing round one, which makes things really awkward because – I think they're all pretty damn good buys, so it makes it tough. They're playing the Tigers, which is a dream matchup for them to kick off the year. The good thing about the fact they're not playing is that a lot of people are avoiding them. Uh, At the time of recording, Harry Grant 16% ownership blew my mind. Cam Munster, 5%. Brandon Smith, 6%. Um, Big ones there. So I suppose them three being in a similar sort of boat, we can chat about them in one hit, uh, fellas. So, Spire, will start with you. Grant, Munster, Smith, uh, do you have any of them in your side? Before I answer that, I was just thinking
1: today that I normally come into the round one uh, pre-season podcast with just a favourite bloke of the year. I think I d- debuted with Little Pappy a couple of years ago. I can't remember who it was last year. It might have been Luai. Um And then, of course, it's Harry Grant, first cab off yep. the rank. Mate, he would be he might cap to my side round one, even suspended. That's how much I love him. But in all honesty, there'll be a backup hooker there for round one from Newcastle by the looks of it. So I'll a hundred percent have Harry in. Um he'll come back in round two and hopefully health dependent, he'll just be on my side for the rest of the year. Absolutely love him. Munster, I'm I'm not sure about just yet. I'm sort of on the edge. He's obviously um, as we know from all the reports, he's off the booze. He's been to rehab, and looks like he's really, really motivated for a big season. Um, he averaged really well last year, even in a, what seemed like a down season for him. Uh, the fact he misses four average of something it seemed
0: like he did nothing.
1: Yeah, huge, huge, and he didn't play that well. Let's be honest for for his uh, for his level. <laughs> Uh, the only issue is, as you said, he misses the Tigers match, then comes in against South and Parramatta, rounds two and three. But he plays for Melbourne. It's Munster. After that, his draw really opens up. Now is at 5% ownership. If that holds, gee, I'll be very tempted just to play someone like uh, an Ilias or a Tom Amone if he gets named in round one and have mm-hmm. Munster come in for round two. That seems pretty tempting, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I'm... Bewildered that not more people don't know in Harry Grant. I do expect that to increase over the over the course of the preseason, but we'll wait and see. I hope it doesn't because he's just so far ahead of any other hooker in the game. Whilst I suppose the big question here is team wise. Um, Brandon Smith, we know leaving the club at the end of the season, a few off field misdemeanors, nothing too serious. I'll oh, make your own mind up there, um, Grant. Does he start for the Storm this year? They've lost Dale for Nukin. So the way I see it, the time is now for Harry Grant to be an eight-minute man. We know he's not a big body, so there's that uh, there's that opportunity that Craig Bellamy is able to put probably a bigger body on the field, the first 20, to shoulder that defensive load. The time is now, in my opinion, for Harry Grant to start, and this might be seen through Super Coach calendar eyes, you can shift Brandon Smith to that lock position and Grant could play 80, Is that how you see it eventuating or do you see Grant uh, starting off the bench again, coming on at that 20, 25th minute, Brandon Smith starts in the middle?
2: Uh, I can't base it on anything factual. I don't have any inside information, but I would see Grant starting when he comes back. Mm. I think he starts uh, for a number of reasons and and included in that is, you know, um, Smith signing elsewhere and his behaviour over the off-season. I think, like, Bellamy's... Shown a track record of and and the storm in general of not really having much tolerance for that sort of thing. Yes, they've kept those players at the club, but they're, I think they're hurt by what he said in the podcast about the Roosters and things like that. I don't think those, you know, I don't think they're going to let sleeping dogs lie there. They'll, they'll make sure that, uh, you know, he pays some penance for that. That's generally what the Melbourne Storm do, whether that's just in pre season training or whatever. But I certainly, um, you had some thoughts on that spy with the Brandon Smith?
1: No, I just just finished that with Smith. Uh when you're done I saw got a few extra points on Harry, but really interested on keep going on Smithy here.
2: Yeah, no, well look I mean I've got Smith as a question mark because I think it just depends on his role. I mean if he if he plays thirteen and he gets sixty minutes, um, you know, he's a probably a viable option. I don't think he'll play any dummy half, only when he's when he's probably needed to. But I think Harry Grant is an 80-minute player. He's going to be a lock-in if he's an 80-minute player. He's probably going to be a really good option in a skinny hooker position anyway, even if he plays 60 minutes. We've seen that. My one worry is what you said, Timmy, his durability. Um, it's not that he's not tough enough. He's a very tough human being and footy player. It's almost that he's too tough. Think about Damien Cook. Now, he's a different style of player to Cook, but Cook ran a lot early, changed his game at the behest of Bennett mainly because Bennett wanted to get him through to the finals. So a bit like an NFL quarterback, protect him, protect him, and then when it comes to the big games, he could run a little bit more. Um, I was interested to see an article that said Cook's going to run a lot more yeah. this year because he's not going to have an experience half. So that's an interesting take on the hooker position, and I'll, I'll look at him. But for me, I've, got to, I've sort of got to disagree with what Spy said early on about Munster. He's locked in, locked and loaded for me. He's he's 74 average and he did nothing last year. Absolutely. Like I reckon that was one of the worst seasons of his career and he averaged 74. So if I can talk you around to that one, why I'm putting Munster in straight up, like he's fit, he's in a critical year for his contract. I'd say there's a big chance like that Redcliffe uh, sniffing around um so i think it's the biggest the biggest year of his
1: career well yeah i was actually probably being a little bit polite there when i said he had a little bit of a down year because as we know he was pretty ordinary before tim goes just quickly on harry grant i got too excited when his name came up and then realized i actually had three key points about him which i forgot to say <laughs> so the first one was it actually relates directly to minutes he only averaged 59 minutes a game last season My gut feel says he's not going to play 80 every week Um, just because of that long game thing we spoke about with Penrith. They're going to have an eye on the finals. But in saying that, he still could easily average 70-odd. If he plays 11 more minutes a game, that's massive. Uh, He also missed a lot of Melbourne's easy run, those 16 wins throughout the year last year, uh, when the rest were really blowing six again. Blowouts were at the absolute peak. I had him on my bench and he wasn't playing, and it was killing me because he would have scored 150 plus, more than one occasion. I can near, all but guarantee it. We will never know. But he missed a lot of that good run. When he came back, Melbourne was sort of in that little bit of a down patch pre-finals. The game was a bit tougher. Momentum wasn't there. And he still did a fair bit of damage. Uh, but if you cast your mind back, if you, if anyone remembers that they played, I think it was the Roosters on a Friday night, just before he did his Hemi, maybe before Origin, And he tore them to absolute shreds for about 100 in, like, 45 minutes. Mm. And that's the kind of stuff he can do. Um, But that leads into he was never truly, truly healthy last year. If he can get fit and healthy, mate, Harry is on.
2: Any question, Mark, boys, on um, the Storm Pack being a bit depleted, so speed of the ruck, you know, affecting it? You know, NAS is a... You know, Nelson for Solomon is a bit iffy with his vaccination status. You lose for Nukin. You know, they're significant players. Thoughts on that, boys?
1: Uh, firstly on that, I think Brandon Smith in the pack there playing back row. He he's so critical to Harry's go forward and Melbourne's in general. He's quick. His play the ball is just as good as anyone in the comp. Alongside Tim's boy, Cam Murray, it's unbelievable. Ooh. He rolls forward. If he's playing big minutes in the pack, Harry's going to have a chance to run every time Brandon Smith runs the ball. If he's not playing, yes, maybe a little bit more concerned. But Melbourne always find a way, don't they?
0: Yeah, I don't want to digress away from the storm because you've got so much to get through. But I saw a photo today on Twitter of uh, south down on the line to Malcolm's or Sprint's or something or whatever, and, yeah. and all, all the south boys had their nose on the end of the line. Uh, don't interpret that in the wrong way. And uh, Cam Murray, he was like five centimetres behind the line because that's what captains do. They, they're all about the 1%. I was like, yeah, that's my boy. Um, before we move on from them three, whilst so I gather you're, you're happy to carry Grant and Munster in round one while they're not playing?
2: Well that's a big big decision to me yeah. it's like you know it's probably something that super coaches haven't had to deal with for a while because but this year it seems like suspensions are just rife in those early uh, in those early weeks so you're going to have to show a bit of patience but yeah I think so um, I think it's dependent on what sort of backup options we're going to have at hooker or whether you play two marquee hookers um, because if you ha- if Randall's not going to play 60 to 80 minutes for Newcastle, I think that's going to determine a lot of people whether they take Harry Grant or try to get him in later. But to me, he is the lock-in best option. And if he plays more than 70 minutes, then he could be gapping. He could have a gap like Cleary does in the halfback position. I think he's that dominant in that position. Although, like I said, I am very interested in Damian Cook in a rejuvenated role, new coach, possibly running um, a lot more like he used to. I'm um, excited about that if they, if they can get some quick play. If he starts running off the back of Cameron Murray, you know, you've know, you basically got the same situation that Spy was talking about, Brandon Smith running always off the back of uh, – sorry, Harry Grant running always off the back of Brandon Smith. And then, you know, like those quick play, the balls that Murray gets, you could have a similar situation. But, um, boys, are we going to talk about Pappy?
0: Oh, yeah, but the Storm have got so many super coach relevant players. And we'll go to Pappy. Well, I'll start with you. He's your boy, mate. Uh, is there a world where you don't have him for round one? Because on the numbers that I've crunched, uh, he averaged 60 minutes per game last season off the back of, I think, it was that early concussion, the nasty run into the Dragons. So effectively, he's playing an extra 20 minutes a game more in terms of his Supercoach score Prior to that head knock, he was averaging 117 points per game, including a 197 against the Bronx where he scored four tries in about one minute. This um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the way I see him, is 694k, averaged 79 last year. Uh, you just have to have him, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you absolutely start with him.
1: My only, I will throw one little question mark at you, and that is when he came back from his head knock last mm-hmm. year, he wasn't the pappy we knew at that point, which is entirely understandable. That also coincided. The same time Harry Grant came back, Melbourne weren't quite at their best. They are getting a little bit dominated in the pack. Uh, so if things free up again and Melbourne are flowing, then Pappy's going to run right. He'll goal kick. He'll do damage. But as well suggested before, if there's any sort of um, regression in the forward pack and their dominance through the middle, maybe Pappy is still little. We know he's little. Um, and someone like Latrell, when he returns, or you get Tommy early, so... I guess what I'm saying is, yes, Pappy will 100% start for me. I won't captain him round one. I'll captain Teddy. You will get to that in another pod when we get to the Roosters. Uh, But I think it's a close watch just to make sure he is the Pappy that we know and check how Melbourne's going.
2: Walsh, can you make
0: any argument to not or is he in your side?
2: Oh, I can make a fair argument to not start in first round. Um, Difficult matchup, a lot of players out. Yeah, I guess against the Tigers it's really enticing, but I guess... There's a lot of players out, and a lot of it comes off the back of those quick balls from Brandon Smith and then Harry Grant getting out. So I wouldn't be expecting wonders from him in that first round, but it's a bit like everything. Gonna, it's going to be a delay on, on that, and are you prepared to sit it out or will people react, particularly with the extra trades that you've now got, overreact after like maybe a down round from him. But, yeah, I'll, I'll consider possibly bringing him in, in a little bit later, but it seems really difficult to go past him and Teddy um, if you're not going to pull the trigger on Turbo, yeah?
1: Whilst I actually just, really like Luttrell if he wasn't out, but uh, unfortunately he's suspended as well. So yeah. Papi... Uh, no, I agree. I, I've got to yeah. agree
2: with you there, Spock. Yeah, Luttrell is a really viable option, particularly with the goal yeah. kicking.
0: Um, whilst just a quick thought on this fella, Jerome Hughes, because we do have a, a plenty of plenty more players to get through, especially at the Storm. But I know you're a Jerome Hughes fan, Six forty. Six forty k to start the year. That always seems cheap. Average seventy three last season. Uh, in as you said, there's every chance. Clear he might miss the first couple of rounds, and we need might look to need to look elsewhere for a halfback. Is Jerome Hughes a blade that interests you?
2: No, he's not. But um, he's quite capable. But I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a red line for him. I've never I've never sort of warmed to him. I like him as a player. Um, he plays some good footy. Sometimes he goes on really hot streaks, but. Um, it's not something I want to risk my super coach start of the season on. Um, Jack, Jack Howarth, a rocky boy, another rocky boy coming Ooh. through. He's um, yeah, Watch out for him, boys. He, he can seriously play footy. I, I remember seeing him as a primary school kid coming through. Yeah, he's a player.
0: Is he Sweet. a half, mate?
2: No, sorry, he's not a half, but he's an edge back rower, played Australian schoolboys. Um, they picked him up from uh, Rockhampton early on, went down to one of those uh, rugby schools. And like, did did a um, thing there, might have been, um, yeah, he, he played a lot of rugby and then got picked in the Australian Schoolboys for League. And he's sort of been a child prodigy in the storm have just signed him to a new five-year deal. Oh, pretty, five year deal. Pretty years. Deal. Yeah, I think it's five years. And it might be something like one or two, one and a half, two million dollars. Like, it's pretty big money for a kid that's not even made his debut. So, um, He's a bloke that will get blooded this year, barring injury. He probably would have got blooded last year. And that's a big statement because the Storm don't muck around with that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, just quietly, don't Rocky love a good young gun edge back rower <laughs> coming <laughs> out of the woodwork?
0: Uh, hey, boy, Reading well up here, mate. Boys, one who I have in my team at the moment, and I was devastated to see at the time of writing my Storm analysis, Xavier coached 33% ownership. <clears throat> I thought that he'd be lower uh, but I suppose people have clinged on to the fact that, you know, average 41 last year at the Broncos, who have been a basket case for a couple of years now, goes down and I believe he'll take the left-edge spot for Josh Adokar. Um, base isn't great. 18 per game. I think he's he's a growing body. We know he's an absolute unit, an absolute specimen of a, of a male. Um I just don't see how he doesn't improve drastically on that starting price of three fifty eight k. There's some risk in it, in that yeah they're missing a lot of their contingent round one, a couple of tougher games coming up after round one when they get Smith, Munster, etc. back. Um, but I think he's a bloke. I'm happy to to lock in for those first eight to ten rounds. Um, I think the points will come. I think the hat tricks will come. And I just think quality is going to reign supreme in a quality football team. Spy, I've got him. I'm very excited about him. Uh, There is some risk involved.
1: Yeah, I'm currently a no. But in saying that, I'm an undecided no. Um, A couple of things I looked up today. So Josh Adokar, who he'll be replacing, I assume, on that left wing. Scored around a try game the last two years on that left edge. So I guess you'd expect something similar or a little bit under. What did surprise me was Xavier scored 11 tries in 17 games last year for the Broncos. So he's actually not that far off the mark already. And with what's he that going to average storm, that though? strike rate, at will yeah, well, exactly. And it could get better, and we know how good he is. Maybe he's better than Josh Adokar, because he's young and he's talented, so that's that's the big risk of not taking him. Running the off Mark and Appenhausen
0: instead of Brodie Croft and Jermaine Nisako. It's not a bad edge. <laughs> um
1: but my my issue was he had six scores in seventeen games last year under twenty. Solely yeah. under twenty. So if the storm do- if he doesn't get his trials on the day, we know it can happen. But I mean, he's pretty cheap, isn't he? So look, he's when I say I'm a no, that just means he's not currently on my side. But it will all come down to money. There's a lot of centers I'd quite like this year, um, and I think he could be someone to potentially bring in once Melbourne's back and firing and they've got the cavalry back, maybe post Parramatta South, um, and keep a really good eye on him over those opening weeks. But there's no issue with starting him. Don't get me wrong.
0: But just don't just don't lock him in for a hundred tries and a hundred every week. <laughs> Whilst Tepai Maroa is a bloke who's pretty heavily owned, is something uh, he was at something like thirty odd percent this year to start. Might have been higher. Might have been at thirty five to forty percent. Uh, obviously, people looking for that cheapy two hundred and five k dual second row front row. <clears throat> Incredibly, he's only twenty six years old. I feel like, Tepai's been around for a long time with that union stint and whatnot, mate. The way I see it. <clears throat> It's a clear wait and watch through the preseason to see what the round one cheapy stocks are. Because if the cheapies are there, I like others. But sometimes the cheapies just aren't there round one, particularly in the forwards where we're forced to go with someone who might not quite get the minutes. Um, but the way I, I did my to teams, mate, I had Kafusi, Bromwich, Brandon Smith in the back row, um, who are all capable of big minutes. Felice and Bromwich will probably play their 80. Brandon probably plays 60, 65. Bromwich and Welch up front, also both capable of good minutes, particularly Welch. On the bench, you've got Tom Eisenhuth, uh, Tepai, Sofis Olimona, who I suspect is not going to be at the club, but we'll wait and see how that pans out. Do you think the minutes are going to be there for Tepai or do you think that's a bit of
2: a trap? Oh, it's a bit like you say to me. It's a bit hard to know until you see what his role is. Like, If he's playing, you know, is he playing as a second lock? Like for and they give Smith sixty and he, yeah he, he takes twenty I don't know like he's def he's definitely not going to get any meaningful minutes on the edge barring an injury because like you said their edge back rowers are you know play big minutes and most edge back rowers do so um, you know maybe he plays twenty in the in front row and twenty in lock mm-hmm. that that's probably the extent of it he's cheap as chips yeah. so. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'll, I'll say another thing. There's a few stats here. Last year, averaged 16 minutes for 16 points. You scrap that basically. On that, <clears throat> 2019, 33 minutes for 30 points. 2018, 2017, average around that 60 minute mark for 47 points. So there's potential there. Uh, but basically, the way I worked it out is average just 30 minutes at 1.1 per minute approximately. That's a, an average of 33, which would seem make about 85k. That's if he makes plays 30 minutes. Um, The other thing I'll say is with and gone, Kamikamika not available, there are probably minutes there. Just wait and watch. If you don't start with him, don't get sucked in by round one because Brandon Smith's not going to be there. Harry Grant's not going to be there. So he he may get decent minutes in round one. If you don't start with him, I think he's a round three by because round two is going to be when we see uh, his main minutes there. Uh, Boys, let's move on from the Melbourne Storm and... I'm just looking at time-wise now. We'll be right. Spy, you can get it in quickly for us. Um, A bit of a fixture analysis for us. You've had a look based on Supercoach's points scored against from the season prior uh, to give us a bit of a look at the team to sort of target and avoid early on. So I'll keep it
1: reasonably short and sharp. I've done the article. Um, There's plenty in there. But in short, the New Zealand Warriors, Walsies boys, and the, the North Queensland Cowboys have by far the best opening draw. I've just done it over the opening five rounds to give a heads up of just really help you make decisions. If you're not sure on bikes, it's a really good tiebreaker to have or you might be able to target some pods and antipods out of this. Um, Important to note that both the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm generally have a pretty good opening to the year over the first five uh, sort of rounds and then it, it opens up a little bit after that. So whilst... Whilst there are still a couple of tough games for those sides mixed in. It's generally not a bad draw for those storm guys we mentioned, although they miss the ones that miss the Tigers in round one. That hurts a little bit there, but for bikes like Teddy and any other the Roosters, Roosters look okay. South appear to be the big losers. They, they open up with Brisbane, which is that's fine, that's nothing to, to worry about too much, unless Brisbane dramatically improve and fast. But after that, they then play Melbourne. Roosters and Penrith back-to-back. So if you have a look at someone like a Cody Walker, that that's enough for me to go absolutely not. I'm not playing him with new combinations against those sort of sides. Perfect downgrade later on. Uh, upgrade, sorry, once he hopefully loses some cash. So South be wary of. But in saying that, you can still pick cheap guys because you can hopefully bench them for those tougher games. Uh, Newcastle's got a pretty tricky opening sort of month or so. Ponga seems to be tough in that sense. Wait and see, I think, for Newcastle at this stage, and mainly importantly, have two very tough ones as we mentioned to open before their draw actually opens up quite a lot from round three on. So do be aware of that, um, and we've already spoken about the patience game, uh, but it's big decisions. That's that's a reasonably brief detailed on what you're looking at, uh, but there's a, there's a full article on there with a table as well if you just want, want to use as a reference when you're sort of doing your, your 400th iteration yeah. of your side before round one.
0: Yes, by the the ones that stood out for me there that was so super relevant was the bunnies who have that really tough opening draw after Brisbane. <clears throat> yeah, interesting for a lot of reasons because Ilias and Tafe, who we probably are going to just about need to play in our teams or think we need to play in our teams in the opening four or five rounds, um, yeah, tough draws, really tough matchups. Ideally, don't want to be playing them. Uh TAFE, I have issues with... Taif. should I say, not TAFE. He's not studying. He might be studying. Um, TAF, so he uh, we'll get to him little, uh, in another podcast, but I do think he probably goes to 14 as the utility in round three when Latrell comes out. Yeah. So issues there, uh, but one to look out for. And Cody Walker as that all looking for a gun half, particularly are not going with Nathan Cleary. Gee, I'd love to start with Cody, but I think that draws enough to determine me by...
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, Penrith's my big worry. Melbourne as well, but Penrith, they're just so good. They shut teams down. Mm. Um, just something to mention, we'll, we'll really expand on this in the coming weeks, but with with COVID around Australia, uh, we've seen what's happened in the NFL, for those that follow it, NBA, these sorts of things. We are potentially going to be relying on our benches a lot um, in the coming season, and there's been no real change. There's been zero change to the auto emergency rule, which means if you pick a couple of blokes who are playing 20 minutes and they're going to score you 15 points, it's not even worth chasing that 40 or $50,000, in my opinion. Um, we'll definitely cover that as a topic, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to be careful of those really low-scoring guys this year because they're going to come in. Mm-hmm. It could be weekly if COVID sort of does its rounds again. You just don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one in another week but because it's such a huge topic, one that we need to dedicate a bit of it time is. to because, again, it's, yeah. it's going to shape that whole squad structure and, and depth, depth, depth that we talk about uh, a little too often on this podcast. Boys, the Newcastle Knights start the season with the Roosters away, Tigers, Panthers away, Sharks away, Seagulls at home. Tough job to start the season. Jaden Braley gone, completely new look, fairly inexperienced spine, uh, outside of the spine, it's a pretty similar sort of setup they've got going on there. Uh, they're a tough one to assess because of that new-look spine and how they're going to go. I suppose spy, the first one to have a look at is Kalen Pop, who is the guy who he, I was really interested in until I saw that draw. And the fact that they've got – the fact that they've got – The new looks one, I don't know how Ponga's going to react to it. Uh, I speak over and over again about how hard it is, particularly for spine players, to gel with new combinations. I think it'll take time for Ponga with a few different blokes there. Is he a guy at 599k that you'd consider? Because I think with that spine he's going to have to get his hands on the ball a lot more this season. And I think his Supercoach game can go through the roof. I just don't think it's going to be from round one. I agree. I think...
1: Ponga is due for a very big season. I thought Mitch Pearce hurt him a lot last year when he played. He seemed to really enjoy hitting his back row short. I don't really know why it frustrated me to watch. Ponga had his sort of time on the right again half the time. Then he sort of seemed to get it back a little bit late in the season. But I thought Newcastle in the attack last year were a bit of a mess. They didn't know what they were doing or what their roles were. Uh, almost the opposite to Melbourne where everyone knows exactly what they're doing. They maximise talent. Uh, what frustrated me with Ponga was... And we're talking about talking over the offseason, but you've got Tommy Turbo. They know how good he is. You just have to get him in positions to succeed and Newcastle just seemed to refuse to do that. And I don't know, I've never been massive on Mitz Pierce as a halfback thinker. I like him as an effort player, as a good defender. He can he can kick a long ball and he's a good runner of the ball, but I don't think he's a great thinker. And I think that hurt Ponga a lot. So I think, and I hope they've spent the off season just shaping their game around their best player. He doesn't have to touch it every three or four times a set, but he needs to be involved much more than he was. So massive wait and see for me, but I agree. He's going to have his handprints all over the Knights this mm. season. I even have a sneaky few that maybe ends up at 5.8 sooner rather than later, so, which would also mean he becomes a dual position player and you pick him at 5.8. So oh, let's hope that happens. But I think it's just your classic wait and see at this stage on KP.
0: Walsh, KP?
2: Oh, yeah, boys, I don't agree. Oh, I wouldn't waste much time. Like, I had a good look at Newcastle. I don't rate any of their players, to be honest. Like, I, I rate them as footy players, obviously Ponga. um you know, a big fan of his and you know, uh, know him from back in the day, but like he you know, he's gonna be pushing shit uphill, honestly. Like that 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 list has got to be close to the worst list in the in the comp. Like, um Ooh. I don't know, like poor old Tyson Frizzell. I, I remember him talking when he left and he's not an outspoken but like he was talking about how he wanted to win a comp so he's leaving Saint George to go to Newcastle. Saint <laughs> George are going up and Newcastle are going backwards. Yeah, you know, that's my opinion. You know what I mean like saying I would yeah, you know, I don't think either of them will win a comp, but, I mean, Jesus. Like, they might have a decent pack, but, oh, yeah, I, I think they're going to struggle the Knights. So I'm not overly high on Adam O'Brien um, as a coach. There's a couple of things. There's a lot of head scratches there like, in there, like Spy said, some of the ways that Pong has played and that. And they lose Pierce, who's like a marquee half. Like, say what you want about him, but he's a 300-plus game player and, and what, have they replaced him with? No one, basically, like a couple of, you know, fringe reserve graders, like without being disrespectful. You know I mean? There's Clune and Clifford. I think Clifford could be a good player, but he's not there yet. And Clune is, you know, like he's a fringe A grader. That's what he is. And um, I just don't think they're really super coach relevant.
1: Just quietly, whilst goes whack,
2: and every yeah. Knights
1: fan listening just cried a bit into the beer. Yeah, but um, hopefully, whilst <laughs> doesn't whilst isn't a hundred percent right all the time, guys. So don't panic just yet.
2: <laughs>
1: and I think purely I, honestly, I've got,
2: got a mate, a mate who who actually play in <laughs> like a private league with, and he's a mad Knights fan. So I got to apologise to him because
1: you will have to. Um,
2: yeah, next time I see him at the footy, he'll be telling me how they'll make it. But uh, I can't see it. You know, I, I, it's only based on their list and things like that. Things there's intangibles that can happen in footy clubs, but more often than not, if you look at the the quality of the footy players that they've got there, um, and they're less they're way down on the other teams. I, I just can't see how they make the eight.
1: I'll say though, for purely super coach reasons, that's great for Ponger because whilst Pierce would provide certain things for a footy club. Supercoach wise I thought he hurt Ponga, just purely supercoach. And if Ponga has to do more, kick more, get his hands in the ball more, uh, that could correlate to really big scores for him. And if he does end okay. up shifting to the halves or something... That's only my thoughts of something that could happen. I'm not saying it will, but you. If you I, I that think dual he gets twice the amount of the touches, yeah. and I
0: think he could be anything in SuperCoach this year, even if the Knights are falling down the ladder. Hey, Wallace, <clears> I want to ask you quickly—not um, SuperCoach related, but you know a lot about your schoolboy footy, particularly your Queensland schoolboy footy, being out that way yourself. All these footage and like unbelievable uh, clips we see of Ponga as a schoolboy—were you aware of him at the time?
2: Oh, he broke out. Yeah. Uh, I was working for a uh, company called the NRL bid, which was basically it was um, there was a millionaire, multi-millionaire um, in Rocky who um, got together a lot of businessmen and, and they funded a bid for a, a Central Queensland team and we put together some development squads and we took kids from all across Central Queensland and had a fairly broad area. At the time, um, I, first I saw him, we were at a uh, Queensland trials carnival. when he came off the bench for North Queensland mm. and um, I was like, oh, you know. I was sitting there with the uh, um, another lad who was there at the time and he's the coach of the Queensland Cup team now, Lionel Harbin. And I said, have a look at this, Blake. And we both thought he had a fair bit of talent. It turned out like that was only, you know, one of the first games of footy he'd ever played. Like he was a – he'd come over from New Zealand. He was an um, under-18s New Zealand golf champion at 13 years of age. He, he – he, and like just – he was just a freak of a kid, you know, like athletic ability – it, it, within two years, he had the Broncos, the Titans, the Cowboys. They were all chasing him. The Brisbane Lions offered him a contract. Do you know what I mean? It was just one of those things. He ended up going down to school in Brisbane and, and you know, that's the, the, everyone knows the story from there. You know, he's, he's basically been a prodigy ever since. But, um, yeah, you could see early on that he was talented. But, I mean, he's filled out a lot. He's obviously... I think the biggest thing you look for in players at that age is is improvement. Like, and when you saw him, you saw how good he was, but you could saw that he could he had so much improvement in him as well. And um, you know, he's he's obviously lived up to that. But I, I still look at him now and go, you know, he could he could be a player that tears the competition apart. You know, it's sort of, yeah. But but I don't think he's quite yet there yet. You know, like I thought he was going to be, and he still could be a generational player. But he's not quite there yet and maybe he's not in the right team either, you know, so I think Redcliffe are going to come knocking for him and I think Ooh, yeah. it's a big chance to go to Redcliffe. Yeah,
0: well, I think he, yeah, Red, he's got Redcliffe written all over him, uh, especially being that semi-Queens then, boy. And he, uh, There are a few rugby league cynics out there who, who are happy to sort of knock him, but I think, as you mentioned, whilst he could be playing just about any sport he wants and rugby league is very lucky to have Caelan Ponger still in it because I, I thought he'd be playing rugby in for the All Blacks by this stage of his career, so we'll take as much as, of him as we can get. Boy, uh, nothing.
2: and Timmy, Timmy. Just before you go, I got to say, mate. Like champ, like champion kid. Like I haven't seen him for a number of years, but he was a champion kid. Like really, so humble, um, so grounded. Came from a great family. Like um, his family, you know, you couldn't meet nicer people. You know, like um, so really humble, sort of grounded Kiwis. Wanted the best for their son. You know, weren't all about his sporting. Uh, you know, they're, they're about having a balanced life and, you know, it's no surprise that he's gone on to be a success, you know.
0: Awesome to hear, mate. Good yarn. Hey, boys, back on to Supercoach. and as I said, not too much to talk about in the night. Um, Adam Clune, potential chief at 293. Don't do it yourself unless you're absolutely um, short as. Um, Bradman Best, worth a look. Mitch Barnett worth a look, but you know what you're going to get with Barnett. We know what and Best is capable of. We can talk about them later on if we need to on other podcasts. Uh, The big one who's high ownership for obvious reasons by is Chris Randall at $245K. Uh, The very unfortunate injury to poor old Jaden Braley, which is such a blow for him, Uh, such a vital part Mm. of their side. Randall comes in at that price, and at this stage, barring a lot of cheapies breaking out, I see him as a must-have for round one. At the moment, 100%, unless
1: he's named on a bench and you expect him to play 20 minutes. That would be an issue. But if he starts at nine, uh, he's in.
0: Mm. Any argument there, Wiles, or it has to be there?
2: Sorry, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he does. I think, he does. So, like, I think um, it, it, it's minutes dependent, and I don't feel great about, like I said, I, I, I don't want to be shit on the Knights, but I'm not high, and I'm, I don't feel great about having a Knights player on my team. But in terms of options for hooker, unless you're going to go Cook and Grant, um, I think it's. I think you. I think you're gonna. Have, you're gonna have Randall in
1: there. Yeah, <clears throat> unless um, less Kurt Man plays hooker for a chance for man, Randall's a specialist, so you'd expect you'd expect him to be there, wouldn't you? With Braley down.
2: <clears throat> yeah, actually, Man's a concern that he comes on and yeah. takes minutes off him. Yeah. Off the bench, you know, like that's the concern. Does he come out and only play forty minutes, and you know, just a he's just dead weight there, and you've got to burn yeah. another trade on him and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's not something that sits well with me. So I'm yeah. probably if I can make the money, I'd probably lean in towards having two marquee. I, I think
0: I oh, think Randall will play close to eighty, and I'm I look. Kurt Man is just like for like to Connor Watson. isn't he? he's just a I, rate, I like Kurt Mans a footballer, but he's a B-grade edition of Connor Watson, basically, and he's going to come on and play that uh, roving middle forward role. I think Randall still gets his minute. Maybe Mann plays 15 minutes there, but I think Randall will do enough in yep. even 65 minutes to earn you good cash. Uh, and the best thing about a, a cheap hooker is you can plug him into 17 early in the year and bank that, you know, minimum 40, 45 points, which is always pretty reassuring to have rather than a centre wing sort of player who can get your 15 on any given week, which we see time and time again. Uh, I've seen a bit of love around socials lately for Kurt Mann on the news that he's going to be been training at lock. I don't see why he wouldn't come off the bench um, unless he does his name to start. Uh, it's 380-odd K, and he's available at centre wing, and people think he may be Kurt Mann, but unless he's named to start at round one, even then, I, I don't think Kurt Mann's an option, Whilst, I
2: oh, Like, and, and, and I don't know about other super coaches, but there's certain coaches in the NRL that frustrate super coaches, and I think Adam O'Brien's one. All the stuff that he pulled last year with Watson in, Watson out, you know, starting, then blokes coming off the bench to start and all that, and Todd Payton's the other one. Like, you know, just... Yeah, I, I know that they're doing different things, but they they just uh, they seem to do things for inexplicable reasons um, that we can't understand as super coaches, and they really mess with our team. How rude.
1: <laughs> what, are, what are they going on about, eh, boys? Uh, just quickly yeah. on man, he is available at 5'8", so if he if he was to start lock for whatever reason, he could fill that vacant 5'8", if he didn't want to start with a gun like Munster or, or, or someone like that, but just to wait and see there.
2: Oh, oh I actually... I just I don't I don't understand why he's not starting 5'8". Like I just think he's a better player in the yeah. halves than Cloone. He played his he best. Well. You know, started five really Yeah, 5'8". last year. So yeah,
0: he gets a lot of hate that came in, but I don't know. I don't think he's done much wrong to be fair. And as I said, just two years ago, he had that big SuperCoach season and he had a really good year. So as I said, in terms of throwing a bit of X factor in your halves, I don't mind. I think Cloone and and Clifford are pretty similar halves in what they offer, and it's just. Uh, don't like it all. Anyway, we're, we're getting away from things a little bit, boys. Yeah. Let's jump into a quick pod and anti-pod play for the new season. <clears throat> I'm sure everyone's had a bit of a look at it. When we say pod, we generally think sort of sub-20%, but this early on in the year, I think we could nearly say sub-10%. Looking through it this morning, there are so many good pods that like sub-10% ownership. Spy, who did you find? There's a
1: few there, isn't there? Um, just on a brief look today of guys already in my side. Uh, Paul Moroski at the Roosters. If he's starting centres, he'll probably goal kick as well. Uh, 3% ownership. Could be massive. Uh, so keep an eye out there. That'll obviously be pending round one selections. But Paul Muralski, uh a big fan of him. I think he's a good super coach player. And if he's goal kicking, that could be huge in a good side. Um. Throw one more. I'll throw two more at, at you. Actually, Hayes Dunster is three percent. He played really, really well in the last few games last year and in the finals. Started to carry the ball a lot more and a lot, lot stronger. Uh, he's quite cheap. Uh, if he's on the wing for Para, uh, he could be a really nice accumulator. And if his work rate is up, I'll check his numbers in the finals. But he could be could be reasonably decent at three percent ownership and. Joshua Curran is seven percent. Yeah, I think he's going to be enormous. He was so good for late late last year for the Warriors, and as Wells would know, he was dynamite late and he's swinging between an edge in the middle, playing eighty, scoring tries, setting them up. I think I went against him one week late in the season because I copped an injury or something, and I watched him score one hundred and forty, and it killed me. Um, the boy can play.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wells, oh, Spire, your antipod.
1: My antipod would be... Oh, lost me. So, interesting one, two of the Broncos, boys. One is Katoni Staggs. uh, Just at the moment, injuries worry me. New side. I quite like him, but there's a lot of good options at centre. Not sure I'll start with him at this stage, despite knowing how good he is. It's purely an injury risk thing for me. Um, The other one, Payne Haas. I'm not sure he's a... Mm. Maybe I'm being mad just early in the season, but I'm not sure if he's an absolute lock if you need money elsewhere. Um, you can get him later, but I mean, if he's going to play 60 minutes again and average similar to last year, that doesn't make him a must-have in my books. Although he is very nice to own, but I mean, if you need to find value elsewhere, I'm not sure Payne Hart is an absolute must. But I think he's I like the about second about most owned
0: player in Supercoach, but I might even be top owned. So I looked at him as well, and it's probably only potentially a lack of other options in the front row mm. that made me think plug him in there. But seriously, antipod pod play. Uh, whilst who did you find, mate?
2: Uh, for the Antipod, it's actually a hard one. Like I looked at the twenty top owned players, and I really didn't have question marks over many. There was four names that came up that I had question marks over because I think all of them are legitimate plays. Um, Burbo, like, uh, yeah, Ben Trebouvitch. I don't know what sort of I had role he's going to play, but he could just be. Uh, that could be a real trap having him on your bench, even though he's dual. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I just I just think a lot of super coaches have probably grabbed him thinking, oh, you know, Travojevic, he's, he's going to get a start, but I'm not sure he's really in the mix. Um, Coates, not totally sure on him, but I guess his price is low enough. Hastings, you know, who knows what he's going to be like. He's coming from the English Super League, so that's a lottery. And Kiri just because... He's not traditionally been a really good super coach scorer. I've seen a fair bit of hype and a lot of talk about him because of the way he started the year, and I think that the idea that I think he benefited from the rule changes, but with that slight rule change back, I'm yeah, I'm not sure he's a player I'd want in my side. He could go on a tear, and no doubt about it, but he's not the type of player that is is lock and you know just lock and load for the season like someone like Munster appeals to me far more. Um, Even though Kiri might bang out a couple of scores over 100, and Munster might only do, you know, one or none for the year, I think Munster's gonna Mm. end up averaging a lot more than him. In terms of pod, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a few at you boys because this is my wheelhouse. Super pods, which I call under one percent. So here's a few names: Egan Butcher. If he get this, some of these are dependent on injuries and that. Egan Butcher can seriously play. Andrew Andrew Davey was in my side until he done his knee last year. Now, it's probably hard to see with Oluquatu and Schuster how he gets a run, but, you know, Foran Foran maybe gets injured. One of those boys could get injured. You know, Foran's getting pretty old. You know, he's played a lot of games and not got injured for a while, which is sort of out of his range. So um, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he gets injured. I hope he doesn't. By the way, I'm not wishing that upon him. Um, Matt Lodge, um, Raymond Fatala, Mariner—if he gets a starting position, he seems ridiculously cheap value, and one that I reckon is a real smoky for nine. And I'm really considering, depending on his role, is Jeremy Marshall King. Ooh. I really think that he is a player that could be a really good nine in the NRL if he could get eighty minutes. And I'll be and I'll be watching closely whether the Bulldogs are going to play. Wakeham or someone similar on the bench that takes some minutes off him at nine. Um, Like the spy, I'm pretty keen on Josh Curran. Five-round average of 82 to finish the season and possibly gets SJ to run off. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Um, You know, we saw what Nakora did at Cronulla uh, running off SJ. Um, Latrell Mitchell. Coming into his prime, again, another player that had a great finish to the season apart from obviously the the Manu incident but averaged 95 even in the last six rounds and that was including the points that come off for um, a send-off. So um, the other two that I had were Jai Arrow, um, just a change of coach. Um, I think Bennett sheltered him a bit. I think... If Demetrio takes a bit more of a money ball approach, he's going to be asking for more output from someone like Arrow who's on such big money. Um, Bennett seemed to manage him through the, si- uh, through the season, and maybe that was because he's sort of a different character. Um, Joy Arrow we saw you know on different occasions, but I think Demetrio will take the shackles off with him. And the last one I talked to you boys about is um, Jordan Pereira. Uh, now there's like conflicting mail from the Broncos. Like some some people are saying that he's a big chance of getting a starting wing spot. and Then I heard different mail that you know he's basically training with the second team and it's Oates and Asako. But for me, with those two wingers, they've both been inconsistent. Um, they've both had issues um, over the last couple of years. The fact that Asako is going to Redcliffe Dolphins and Reynolds the, the, provides a goal kicker, which takes away one of his strengths, means that Jordan Pereira will come right into calculations and he could be a cheapie. And I, I'm guessing he, won't, he wouldn't stay a pod because everyone would probably jump on him. But don't be surprised to see him in the mix come round one.
0: Yeah, all, all really terrific shouts there, mate. Um, arrows... I've currently got Arrow in my team as it stands. It's pretty a bit of a speculative pick in the sense that let's see how preseason plans out. But, you know, Jaden Sewell's gone there, opens up an edge roll, uh, a little bit light on in the forwards, the bunnies, and it wouldn't surprise me either to see Arrow start and play bigger minutes. Start's pretty cheap and could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I believe his dual position, which is massive for him uh, to be getting up in the front row there. Uh, pod for me, Sammy Walker, 3% ownership. Which I think is is tremendous in the sense that he's been been tutored by Cronk in the off season. Uh, we know what he can do. We know how good he is. He'll have put on some weight in the off season. I uh, no doubt his game will have come on a fair bit with a full preseason under his belt. Uh, the kid is just absolute class. Roosh is good draw to start the comp. Uh, I'm really tempted by Sammy Walker, albeit at risk there. But uh, that's what pods are for, aren't they? Taking a little bit of a risk. Antipods. I just had uh, ben, Benny Trabojevic as well, whilst because 38%. Um, whether that's people, again, seeing that Trabojevic name and going, boom, how good's this? I don't know. I gather it's more people looking for that NAF. His dual centre wing, second row, so they're probably thinking uh, that dual opportunity with Targo. Uh, but we'll again, we'll speak of that as more in depth in coming podcasts. But Depth is going to be so important this year, and to have uh, Nuffs in your team from round one, uh, I think it's very dangerous. I think between COVIDs and injuries and concussions, I think there's going to be options of plenty uh, to use as AE loops and, and that sort of thing uh, throughout the season. Um, guys, Top Sport punting play, Top Sport back on board to support SC playbook this season. Very excited uh, because they have plenty to offer. So if you do like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. I've uh, been with them all the last couple of seasons and they're absolutely outstanding. Home of the best same game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. Outstanding for NRL, outstanding for AFL. Punch it into a few different apps yourself and try it out when the, these games start rolling around because... Uh, the Sangam Multi is outstanding. We'll be previewing their markets throughout the season. Last year, we finished with 108% return on investment. Uh, so I ended up with a good little profit there. So if you did want to follow us, jump on that. If you do so, use the code SC Playbook. if you're linking up. 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly, as always. Uh, this week, just the one play from me. Uh, I'll, I'll take the rain for us this week, fellas, because we've been going for a while. But... Um, it sickens me to say this as my punting play for the preseason. It really does. But the Sydney Roosters to win the comp at 650, I think their roster is unbelievable. The amount of depth they've got there, blokes come in when they're trying to choose between Kevin Naguama, Billy Smith, and whoever, Paul Momorowski, who was in a premiership team last year, uh, as, as a centre in their side. Um, Their team is just ridiculous. And they've got Connor Watson coming off the bench who can cover every position uh, and be one of the best in the game in doing so. I hate to say it, but the Roosters um, just have really caught my eye. And I just, while there's plenty of competition, whilst, mate, I can't go past them at 650.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty decent value. I haven't really sort of thought about the premiership as much. But, yeah, I mean, it's a fair call. I, I look at the value... For me, on top sport, I just had a quick look at the markets that are up. I'm looking forward to the top try scorer markets going up yeah. and having a look at a few blokes that have um, that'll come into calculations, like a Xavier Coates. Um, yeah, it's to see what price he is. I think if you get anything above 15 bucks for him, that's probably pretty good value. The two that I don't mind to make the top eight. This will surprise a few people. The Warriors at four dollars, four dollars or four dollars forty, I think um and Saint george i actually don't mind Saint george this year like you know apart from the issue that they had with um you know the players you know breaking the quarantine and all that sort of stuff 440 to make the eight you know i've seen worse bets so i think the worries are four dollars to make the eight and um 440 for the Saints what do you reckon spot
1: yeah, look, always keen on the Warriors. Uh, SJ's back home. Let's see what happens there. I might put a, put one on you just just for the pure love, hey? Uh, just ten bucks. But for me, funnily enough, I've got the Roosters down as well. You know, I think the smart punning play is not to pick him to win the comp at six fifty, but maybe get the minor premiership at five fifty. Obviously, it's easier, I think it's easier to win the mine premiership than the, the full premiership because the going does get tough at the real back end of the season. Uh, I think it's pretty good odds. I'm with you whilst I'll be waiting on those top try scorer markets. Uh, I feel like it's a bit of a, it's a bit of pride involved if you can nail it. I got Alex Johnson last year, so looking to go back to back. I don't know who I'll go yet, but stay tuned. Uh, it'll be coming in, in the coming weeks. And I'll give you the one, I'll Desi's not with us tonight, so... We'll go a real Des one. $10 on, Tommy Chawović, top try scorer, into Clive Churchill, into Dalian. <laughs> Why can't he do it all, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah. And, buddy, death, taxes, and Walsh through the Warriors a good rap. Seriously, every single year we get to round one, pre-season, whatever, and Walsh has got – we get to round one. and <laughs> Walsh's first season draft, he's got 10 <laughs> Warriors players in his team. And by round one, after <clears> after six weeks of chat, to him, we've talked him out of half of them, but – uh, we'll see if we can do that again this season. Hey, guys, we'll wrap it up for this week's podcast. We were going to touch on the Cowboys, but we've been going for over an hour already. We don't want to drain your earlobes for too long. So we'll keep the Cowboys till next week, I think, for this stage or another week, uh, and we'll wrap it up there. Guys, love the feedback, as always, at SC Playbook. So hit us up at supercoachplaybook at gmail.com. If you've got any feedback, maybe things you're after this season, anything we can do better, subscribe anything them we can offer you, uh, hit us up and give us a shout there. As for that, that's a wrap up for round or oh, not round one, the first episode of SC Playbook preseason podcast. Wells, good to have you back, mate. Thank you.
2: Yeah, cheers Timmy. Cheers, boy.
0: Inspire, good to have you back, mate. Uh, coming off that top one hundred finish, you spoke like a true top one hundred finisher.
1: Uh, good to be back, eh? Happy days.
0: Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.